Welcome to the Speak Up Talk Radio Network. I am Pat Rulo. We specialize in author interviews, audiobook, and podcast production, as well as the prestigious Firebird Book Awards and the Positive Change Podcast Awards. We also feature our fun and short podcast that allows authors to record their own writing tip to share on our very own Boom Bang, Oh My Gosh, Wow podcast. And you can find that along with the rest of our offerings at speakuptalkradio.com. But today, I'm so happy to share a recent Firebird Book Award winning author with you. He is Sebastian Dax, and his winning book is titled Grasp of Erebus. As a graduate from the United States Air Force Academy class of 1993, he went on to serve a tour of active duty, followed by tours in the Air National Guard and Reserve Service. He retired in 2016. And throughout his military career, he integrated his imaginative inspirations, exploiting his creativity to find innovative solutions to the challenges in various assignments and literary projects. He's an avid science fiction fan, and he honed his craft by taking inspiration and sketching imaginative storylines throughout his various tours of duty. After completing his master's degrees from National University in Software Engineering, Business Administration, Program Administration, and Public Administration, he decided to augment his career in public service by releasing the first title. And when he's not writing, he can be found enjoying family and his furry canine friends, exploring the great outdoors, or reviewing cutting-edge innovations or discoveries in science and technologies. So much to know here, and I'm so excited to get going. So welcome to the network, Sebastian. Thank you. Thank you very much. And appreciate you taking time to uh, learn more about the book and, and know what it is all about. Oh, absolutely. That's a joy for me, and uh, that's why our listeners tune in. They want to find out who you are and what makes you tick and why you wrote what you did. So before we get into that, I just want to say... Congratulations on winning the Firebird Book Award. Thank you. I appreciate that. It was um, a lot of work and um, effort, and I appreciate the opportunity to take the challenge. (laughs) You're welcome. You're welcome. It's a big step to take, and I know it's a little bit scary, but when the reward comes in, you're like, whew, maybe I'm all right after all, right? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I know. I know. I want to clarify something. In your bio, it says, you decided to augment your career in public service by releasing the first title. I want to understand what you mean by that, uh, augmenting your career in public service and your books. Maybe just give us a little peek into what that means. Sure. It was an opportunity. Um, I had these, there's always been with me these, I guess I, I call it a personal lore, <laughs> these ideas um, that of storylines that um, have kind of been with me and uh, just over time, I've had opportunities here and there to kind of pick up little pieces of them and, and say, wow, that's a really neat um, idea, like a concept. It's a very imaginative, completely um, off the top of uh, my head, actually came to me kind of almost dreamlike. But so I, I took those ideas over time and I built them into kind of a, um, a storyline. And I said, you know, it, these are just such big, low-hanging fruit, I think I need to take a chance and just try to write one of these down. So I did. And um, there's the rest is what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I think that your time in the military obviously spoke to your imagination and therefore your writing, right? Yes. Um, it was uh, every opportunity that I could get um, to... It, 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 
seem like, you know, it didn't seem at first to be an environment where that would take place, but imagination is everything. When you're doing your job, whether it's in the military or out in the civilian life or anywhere, you you have to be creative at times to get things done, and sometimes things don't work or fit into one path or another, and you have to find a way to make it work uh, regardless. And using that, you start to discover insights into things and be creative, and it's that creative side to you that's always with you, and you just learn to appreciate it from another perspective, that's all. Mm. And uh, that's what came out. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I would imagine, though, being in the military and and flying is... Obviously, it's not what most people do. It's not the common experience. So because of that, you're almost in a little bit of an altered state, I would imagine, at some points in time that really would allow your mind and your imagination to run. Yes. Um, It gives you um, inspiration um, when you're exploring different, um, like uh, getting an appreciation for different uh, events, uh, kind of things that you encounter while you're in different uh, assignments. And uh, I was overseas for a while and um, just learned about, uh, appreciate different cultures and different, um, you know, backgrounds and discovering different places. And um, then also through my work, I was able to uh, explore different um, working relationships with folks who uh, are doing various missions um, and learning how, they make it happen every day and just getting appreciation for how they do things. And so you start to get a more well-rounded appreciation for how you fit into things and how you can augment them. And that is where I kind of grew some inspiration over time, picking little pieces of what I learned from those um, situations and starting to kind of meld them together into this lore that I had with me. Wow. Personal lore. Wonder where that comes from. It's just, I guess it was a, just some really vivid, um, I guess, dreams that I am um, uh, over time, you know, uh, when I had them and they're, they've come and gone um, here and there. Um, you just, I, I think everybody encounters those times when you have those um moments when you wake up from a dream that's just so um just captures just grips your imagination and you wake up knowing everything about it and you can remember it all but there was something special about a few of those in particular they just they they just wouldn't go away they just stuck with me and um it was just uh so uh amazing um and they seem like almost um experiences I had, mm-hmm. um, like I had actually encountered this myself personally. Mm-hmm. And so when I um, had those, it was a, a sort of an experience that really, um, it, it made it made sense in, when I was dreaming, but now how do you make it tangible and how do you explain what you experienced and how do you, and how could it relate to what, um, what you might um be able to understand in the real world, you know, um, it made sense when you're sleeping. Mm-hmm. What a challenge to put that, that, yeah. that does make sense to you and kind of your psyche and then to put them in physical words so that somebody else understands them. That is a challenge. Yes. Um, and it took, um, kind of 
I guess it's uh, another thing that um, I I do a lot of um, building of um, constructing things that from nothing, you know, uh, in in my service over time, um, you know, developing systems or um, developing products or like um, written um, documents that didn't exist before or didn't have um, a, a foothold in certain concepts that they wanted to have now uh, develop. When those that creative ability is what I adapted as well into this um, into the story writing ability, taking taking things that um, these ideas, these concepts, and and sort of melding them into a tangible um, world that um, other people can appreciate as well. Um, I couldn't just keep it to myself. I wanted to share it with someone. <laughs> oh, I get that. I think that's just a human tendency that, especially when it's that exciting and thrilling, it's like, I don't want to know this myself. Everybody needs to find out. So uh, writing is one of the best ways to do that. Did you know from the very beginning when you set to write the Devon Prodigy series, did you know that it was going to be a series or did you start off writing just the one uh, book, Grasp of Erebus, and then conclude that you needed more? It started as first a, a, an idea, a concept uh, that I didn't really, you know, understand myself. It was almost like having a clean a slate where you didn't even know. <clears throat> well, you knew what it was look it would look like on the inside, but like a big slab of marble, you had no idea what it was going to, you know, how it was going to take shape over time until it, it you bring it out and. Um, start to appreciate it from uh, a perspective where you can see it. Um, and that's kind of initially what I I did. It, it, the I, concept was just, it seemed like to me, something that I would want in a book, but then just one. As time went along, it became something that, um, wow, this is really a journey that you, you couldn't quite capture in just one. Um, it sounds like to really get the whole extent of this journey that these characters are going to face, um, you would have to expand it to two or maybe three. So it ended up being, at, in the end, three. Mm -hmm. All righty. Well, now that we set the stage here, <laughs> can, <laughs> give us a look into the book. What is, not the whole thing, just a kind of an overarching idea of what the book is about. Sure. Um it starts out as dreams, um, echoing, and, and he doesn't understand where, and each night his, you know, family is just helpless to do anything about it, and it starts to descend him into uh, uh, a realm of uh, another world almost, and it turns to be more vivid every time, and eventually um, this starts to, this nightmarish journey starts to take him into revelations of a, of a greater world around him that he didn't know existed, and it turns into actually an, um, an, uh, an environment where there's, there's a supernatural um, element to it that's um, a journey to uh, worlds where um, other dimensions, actually, and they are impacting our dimension and causing a, and these other worlds are actually coming, are an invasion 
that are coming to our world and he ends up having to uh, band, figure out this how he fits into this puzzle uh, before this um, event takes place and consumes our world. And that's kind of what the story mm-hmm. is about, but it's just a, the tip of the iceberg, really. And and I know that your book is rich in characters. Characters really make this storyline. How was that for yeah. you to to come up with these characters and write them? What was that process like? Whenever I listen to a story, whenever I read a story, it, I want to really um, give folks an appreciation for the actual the the world that they are reading about and what they the environment they're in, the person that they are. Um, and how they relate to the world around them. And in order to do that, um, it's, um, you know, I feel that it's the, the best way is to immerse them into, um, a world that you create that has, that gives them an appreciation from all perspectives so that they don't have any questions ringing in their minds, um, sticking, um, like, whoa, wait a minute, how does that work? Or, um, I don't understand, um, or something that, cause when people listen to stories, a lot of times, I, you know, I, and myself, I, uh, included, I notice these, um, the stories have, they have, um, something sticks in your mind saying, hey, wait a minute, that doesn't, I don't, how does that relate to this? And it, it and it starts to, um, take, draw away from the story because, people become focused on things that don't make sense. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think it's very uh, very important to craft um, these stories, uh, the story, the people, the characters, the, the places, the things, in such a way that you immerse the reader in an environment so that they not only get a storyline, but they get appreciation for the world in which it um, takes place. And so it, it it goes a lot smoother for them as they journey through it. They're not they're not always confronted by these questions that uh, about things that don't make sense to them as the story progresses. As you speak those words, it sounds like oh that's easy to do, but it's not. <laughs> how did how did you learn that? How did you know to do that? And how did you accomplish that? It always helped me. Um, to when I was doing projects or different types of um, assignments, is to uh, have a firm well to understand to appreciate what the I guess the background of what you're attempting to do and be able to um, reconstruct it yourself in your mind so you have an, a, uh, you know where you're starting and where you're trying to um, eventually um, arrive at and this. Um, kind of, um, I guess, learned gift or <laughs> um, how I kind of got that from my military experience um, applied to, I applied it to um, these characters <clears throat> and these environments, uh, taking, um, just trying to think carefully and thoughtfully about these folks and make them real, um, make them, give, give them um, a an existence to where they they are. It's almost like 
the reader is observing another world, just appreciating it for um, the story as it goes along. And so did you plot this out ahead of time or did you write by the seat of your pants? Um, it was a methodical, um, actually using, you know, I say sort of almost like a, a blueprint and an outline um, where I took these characters and um, I, as the story developed, um, it became more clear what the picture around these the story looked like. I ended up having to create a, a it was an outline, um, and it became um, a, a centerpiece for how the story was written to where I was able to anchor what was going on um, at the sequence of, of how the storyline um, moved along, um, who was involved, um, what took place, and how it built into the next, um, the next event in the story so that it kept the story on a track and it didn't get, um, you know, it didn't go into a, um, up a tree where it, it got mm-hmm. kind of stuck. Do you consider this book dark fantasy? What, what genre do you prefer to put, if you have to put this in a category? I would put it in, yes, uh, sort of dark fantasy, almost, I would consider even horror. Um, okay. It's got a lot of, um, you know, pretty, I guess, not a lot, but it does have its graphic moments and its um, scary moments. Um, and um, I love a good horror story, so uh, maybe that influenced my um, storytelling as well. <laughs> Well, I was thinking, especially when you're writing this type of um, horror or fantasy, I don't know that you could just take off the seat of your pants, because as you said, you might end out somewhere up a tree or someplace that is just totally implausible. You needed to know where you were going so that it could keep you on track and make it sensible. Yes. Without that, um, yeah, you really, the the story, as you pick it up um, and you can appreciate it from so many different perspectives. You start to, you could end up taking uh, thought and running with it and not really realizing how it's going to turn out in the end. You, you end up developing something that you kind of paint yourself into a corner yes. where you can't, you don't have anywhere else the story can progress. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say that you might find yourself in a corner and then it's like, whoa, how do I get out of yeah. here? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh my gosh, this is so fascinating. What other genres would you like to write in? If you had to go in another direction, what might it be? Oh, uh, um, science fiction. Um, I love learning more about, um, the, how the world works, um, you know, the, the little intricacies of, of uh, physics and, and learning how those new discoveries, um, like the new telescope they've got out there, a $9 billion telescope, and what it's learning out there. We're always learning so much. Um, and just taking those pieces of knowledge and applying some imagination to them and just thinking about the possibilities, it's just amazing what you could come up with. To me, it feels like, you know, you're standing on a beach and you just, you look at the sand and every little grain could be another idea that you just, you take and run with. Uh, It's just 
limited by your imagination. Oh. You just have to be willing to, you know, and, and just take that moment to dig in your hand into that soil and, or into the sand and take a good look at what you've, what you've discovered. And, um, you'll never know what you'll find. Oh, I love that. I got just such a visual with that. Yes. Thank you for saying that. So many possibilities. It's endless. That's so exciting. That's what life's all about, right? Exactly. <laughs> I think um, so. And a good storytelling. Um, and it, it's not only taking those ideas, but also grounding them where they resonate with readers, giving them um, a, a grounding to where they can appreciate the perspective from which uh, they can see through your eyes what they what these discoveries are on um, these insights. They can gain a perspective on something in their own lives that they didn't have before. So absolutely, oh, so exciting! Thank you. What about your cover? Tell us about that. <laughs> um, the story takes place of this. Actually, this ends up being this world is in many ways, um, you know, you would never think of astral travel, which is what the story is largely about, being anything biological, but this world that they encounter ends up being a world of um, actual physical um, biological uh, creatures. And this one in particular that is on the cover here is one of the... Um, I guess, extensions of this larger um, creature that is encompassing our, our world. And the um, interior of it is um, illuminated by these large, um, these they look like optical-like eyes, and in fact they are. Um, and they function to um, provide information, I guess, to the larger the host of this creature, so it's all connected. And so you, what you're seeing there is um, what the adventurers see as they as they're making their way through one of these um, these tentacles, I call them, um, that they encounter, and um, the different types of um, things inside of there as they're making their way through this um, this. Um, un completely unfamiliar environment that they find themselves in. Your particular color of green, I don't know what color that is, but that um, that grabs you. Yes. Um, these eyes, and that's one thing that, that um, the creatures, thank you, is a, their eyes, um, it's, it has to do um, with the environment. This is the, was known as the shadow realm where these creatures come from and these in the shadow realm um they don't it's a, it's a completely alien as you can imagine as it could be um so you end up seeing this these different in adaptive um ways in which these creatures thrive and um exist um being um brought out in the way that they that you that we perceive them, and one of them is with these brightly colored green and, and, and brightly um, illuminated eyes that um, provide a number of functions for them. Uh, and this is more of the lore of the story, but it gives them 
it not only allows them to see, but it also projects uh, this dark shadow energy, which enables these creatures to that are exposed to it to be able to survive um, in an environment like in our world. And that's one thing about this is that this these creatures are attempting to invade our world, but they can't do it without an anchor. And they have to build that anchor slowly over time. And um, it's it's kind of an imaginative uh, relationship we actually have with these these creatures, in which they're they're from a dark realm, and they actually are almost a composite of ourselves in a way, because they take the energy, certain emotional, and this is kind of more of the story, the empathic um, emotions that we have, um, the the feelings the more negative side, the anger, the um, rage and, and guilt or all those sadness and things, they take, they use that as an energy source that they then um, thrive in and they live in and that's what they use to exploit our world. And our world is consisted of the opposite, which is, um, or, or it is attempting to consist of the opposite, but we are of our foot also Mm-hmm. In that dark, we always have our shadow with us. Thank you. I'm glad I mentioned the green because that that last explanation just kind of wraps up and really gives us a little bit bigger of a picture of um, of this book. All right. Well, as we begin to wrap up, I want to make sure we're not missing anything that you wanted to highlight today. Oh no, it's just um, this this uh, story is a is a is a journey, um, and it takes. It's an opportunity to, to share an, um, like a, an amazing world, and I hope that um, readers get an appreciation for that world, um, something that is new to them, something that they may never thought of um, in that way. Mm-hmm. And it gives them an, an inspiration in their own lives to look at things and uh, enrich their own lives through that experience. And um, that's what I'm hoping to bring with Grasp of Erebus. <laughs> and... Um, the other two books that I'm, they are currently under developed as well, development. I was just going to ask you, where are you with book two? Oh, um, that is um, right now uh, in the definitely in the deeply involved uh, process of getting that accomplished. Um, <laughs> and I just, oh, I can't wait to share that story. It just, <laughs> it takes. You know, it takes this story and explains so much of it and goes in a completely different direction and without giving too much. But um, I think it, it really augments the, the first one well and gives you a, a, such an appreciation for where this, this whole concept of the Devon prodigy and, and how this all um, um, ties together. And I hope to uh, bring that to readers as quickly as I can get the process of uh, writing done. (laughs) No pressure here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. All righty. Well, if you would share where folks can find out more about you, where they can get a copy of your book, that would be good. Sure. Um, Grasp of Erebus is available. um, You can look for more information on SebastianDaxPresents.com. That is a individual a website that has that hosts not only a link 
to the um, where you can get the book, but also has uh, some podcasts that will give you a clearer and a deeper appreciation for the story and uh, the surrounding environment. Um, and the book is also available on Amazon um, and most other bookstores uh, that are available through online um, retails. So you can find it at um, Amazon or pretty much uh, Barnes & Noble, any type of online um, book service as well. All righty. Well, we are speaking with Sebastian Dax, and his book is titled Grasp of Erebus. His website is SebastianDaxPresents.com. And thank you for mentioning the podcast that kind of adds some clarity to the book. And now we're waiting for a book two to come out. Thank you. This has been fascinating. You are fascinating. I just would love to live in your brain for a half of a day and see what goes on in there because it's just a lot. (laughs) So thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you. And thank you for taking the time to share with me. I really enjoyed this experience and learning more um, about the book myself as I um, describe it. So thank you.